Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talked to Vegan Evan and his mom, Shannon Blair. Vegan Evan is a passionate and talented young animal advocate committed to creating a healthy, compassionate, and regenerative world. Vegan Evan is a voice for the animals everywhere he goes. Shannon is fighting for the animals and for Evan's future. Since 2017, Shannon and her family have made it their mission to advocate, educate, and activate. They travel all over doing outreach and action for the animals. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. It's inspiring. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game-changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to have both of you here. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you. Yes. So we've got two voices. I think this is the first episode I've done with two voices. So can you each introduce yourself so we know who we're talking to? Well, I am Vegan Evan. I'm 11 years old and I love being vegan. My mom, who's the other voice, tried to talk me out of it. And I said, no, mommy, if the animals are being harmed, I don't need it. I don't want it. We went vegan on the same day and we've been vegan for over six years now. So, yep. And I'm Shannon, but a lot of people don't know my name and they just refer to me as vegan Evan's mom. (laughs) I have to admit that that's what you're in my phone as right now. And as we were texting today, I was like, I I could definitely ask for her name that is unnecessary. So I'm glad I'm not (laughs) the only one. I'm really proud to be Vegan Evan's mom, so that works for me. But yeah, I'm Shannon Blair, and I have not eaten an animal in over 25 years now. And like Evan said, we've been vegan for over six years, and I've been doing activism since the 90s. Okay. We've been doing a lot of activism for the past six years or so. Amazing. So I have about a thousand questions that come to mind for all of that, but I want to start with something I always start with on the podcast, and that is the title of it is Consciously Clueless. That's the title of the podcast. And it came from this place of me realizing like, sometimes you feel like you totally get it. You totally get what's going on. You're like, I'm here. I have arrived. I totally understand the world. And other days you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying my best. 
So I like to check in with people and see how you're doing right now in this moment. Where do you feel you're at? How's it going? And are you feeling a little more conscious, a little more clueless? Where are you at in this moment? No wrong answers. Well, all right. So yeah, I mean, we are continuing to learn every single day. So in a lot of ways, we're still clueless. Um, if we had this figured out, I think that we'd have the world eating plant-based and living vegan lifestyle by now, but mm -hmm. um, we're kind of grasping at straws at this point because mm -hmm. it's scary knowing the environmental devastation that's been happening. I mean, we've done more damage to the planet as a species in the last 50 years than we've done in all of human existence. And um, it's getting to a point where we're gonna be in really big trouble if we don't get it figured out soon. So yeah, we don't have it all figured out, but we're, we're working as hard as we can. And um, we're trying to keep in sight the goal mm. and help as many animals as we can and help as many people to align their actions uh, with the morals and values that they really already have. Mm. And so we try to celebrate all the good things that are happening and all the victories for the animals to uh, keep us going and all the amazing friends and activists that we meet along the way. That's amazing. What about you, Evan? What about me? Well, I really like the title of this podcast, Consciously Clueless. Thank you. That's kind of how I feel because I know that I know a lot of things that I feel like a lot of other people don't know about like what goes on to animals. And if they did know, they might make a change. But mm -hmm. I also know that there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And I'm conscious about a lot of things, but I'm also conscious that I'm clueless <laughs> about a lot of things. Yes, you. that should be like the intro to my podcast. You just <laughs> nailed it. Like you just summed it up better than I do. You can do my introductions from now on. <laughs> I love that. So when you introduced yourself, Evan, you were like, I decided to go vegan and I told my mom and we were doing it and that was it. So what, what, like, what was the moment that made that all happen? What was the influence? So my mom, she's been vegetarian since she was really little. So when I was little and growing up, she didn't raise me to be vegetarian or vegan. Like okay. I think I was raised but she always gave me the choice, but she would say, that's a dead pig or that's a dead cow. And she would say, you can eat that if you want to, but they had families and friends and they had feelings and they were once alive. Mm -hmm. So I would usually choose not to eat the animals. But anyways, when I was like four, I decided I was going to go pesco lacto ovo vegetarian. <laughs> and it sounds really ridiculous, because kind of is in a sense because you're you're making a change to do better and then you're like oh well I'm still gonna eat eggs and I'm still gonna drink dairy and eat dairy and I'm still gonna eat fish so it's kind of ridiculous in my opinion now but anyways that means I eat fish dairy and eggs and all sorts of weird stuff but <laughs> now then when after that like shortly after that we read an article about how fish had families, friends, and feelings, just like all the other animals that I wasn't eating. Mm -hmm. And 
she never ate fish, but she didn't really know like why. She just knew that, oh, she's a vegetarian and she didn't eat fish. But she says that now she gives fish like a lot more merit. And then for me, I learned that they had the fans, the friends and the families too. So I stopped eating them. Then when I was five, while I was asleep, my mom watched a documentary called Cowspiracy. And Oof. in the morning on the way to school, she said she was going to try being vegan. And I said, I want to as well. And she said, I don't think that's a good idea. You can't have cupcakes. You can't have pizza. You can't have all these things. I think I'm just going to do it first. I don't know if it's like good for you to try it yet. Mm-hmm. How it goes. And I said, no, mommy, if the animals are being hurt, I don't need it. I don't want it. And we've been vegan ever since. Yeah. There was one other thing that happened before I watched Cowspiracy, though. Um, so I'd been vegetarian for 19 years at that time. And I was a very vocal vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I spoke up for the animals every day. And one day when I was at work, one of my coworkers told me I was a hypocrite for being vegetarian for the animals. She told me I was supporting some really awful things, which were really shocking. She said, by being vegetarian, you're supporting rape and kidnapping. And I had no clue what she was talking about, but that provoked me to go home that night. It kept bothering me. So I looked it up. Like, what is she talking about? Because that's and, intense language for someone to share yeah. and to tell you that you're a part of. Yeah, I was like, really, like, I loved animals so much. So it's exactly to tell me that I'm contributing to things like that happening to them. I was like, what is going on here? This can't be true. I looked it up and I found out she was absolutely right as far as the dairy industry is concerned. Mm-hmm. And so then that night after Evan had fallen asleep, we watched Cowspiracy, um, me and my boyfriend at the time. And then I was like, okay, I think that with all this combined, it's time for me to give it a try. But like Evan said, I was worried because I didn't know a lot about it. And yeah. you get to your whole life, you know, grow up seeing all the got milk commercials, strong bones, all this that I know is nonsense now but at the time I I was like yeah just let me try it first I'll see how it goes and he yeah like, no way I'm doing it too <laughs> yeah I mean totally fair right when we have legitimate concerns like that because what we knew about nutrition was different so you have concerns you're like I don't want you to be sick or I don't want anything to happen I don't really know how that would work like I totally understand that yeah it was that and then also me just not wanting him to miss out on things that I Mm. thought were like important parts of my childhood. And of course, now we know we have vegan pizza, we have vegan cupcakes, we don't miss out on anything except the cruelty and, you know, the bad stuff for our health. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's been great. I'm really glad Evan stood his ground and um, cared enough and had enough sense at just five years old to tell me like, no, I'm doing this too. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously it's in your blood, Evan, to be an activist as you've had your mom showing you that example your whole life, really, it sounds like. But what for you was like the 
beginning of becoming vegan Evan. Like you, you blew up as like the poster child for being a (laughs) vegan kid. And it's so amazing. I mean, as an adult, I'm like, I've been following you for a couple of years and you're 11. So (laughs) that's incredible. Like, where did it start to want to be speaking out more? Well, before I went vegan, when I was like the Pisco Lacto Ovo vegetarian, I remember I made like videos about like on Thanksgiving how the turkeys want to live. Mm. And I think it was before I was vegan even, didn't I make the cow shirt? The yep. don't eat cows because they suffer and die. They don't like it, neither do I. And I made that into a shirt. And we, I think we attended like a circus protest or something was one of our first things. But when I first started like speaking, we were at an Earth Day Veg Fest, I believe, and just randomly, they, the uh, one of the speakers or someone, they had like spare time. They're like, hey, do you want to come up here and say a few things? So I went up there and I said a few things. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started. And then we were going all around. We were doing way more activism and... Oh, geez, we did all sorts of stuff. We did vegan tours and stuff. And then we have friends who run VegFest and they're they're like, do you want to come? And even when I'm not like speaking, they're like, oh, we have free time here. Do you want to come up and like do a song or say something? And so, yeah, Yeah, you wrote your first rap when you were five. I was going to say, whoa, 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 we can't breeze by you saying (laughs) come up and do a song. I need more information. Are you a musician? Uh, uh, well, I kind of make like little kind of rap songs about being vegan in a sense. Yes. I did not know this. Yeah. He actually won the Miami vegan rap battle a few years ago and he was the only kid that entered. So we don't want to brag, but he beat out all the adults. <laughs> Absolutely brag. That is something to brag about. That's amazing. And what a cool way to use music. Yeah. Yeah. So Evan, I'm curious because you, um, your mom was saying she didn't want you to miss out on anything. Has there ever been moments where you feel like you've missed out on anything or had to like have awkward conversations or anything as a, with your friends or. Has it been hard in any way? So when I first went vegan, mm-hmm. uh, my grandparents' neighbor was having a birthday party and there was like not a vegan cake there. We didn't know at the time that there was like vegan cake or else we would like made our own. Mm-hmm. And, brought and that was like one of the only times ever. But then I went home and I was telling I think my mom or my grandparents about it and like wouldn't it be cool if there was a vegan cake and I think shortly after that we made a vegan cake and it was really good and like anything anyone can make we can make vegan and if you don't like it how we made it there's like 30 different vegan varieties of it so that's really cool like at least I think it is that even if you don't like something one way you like it one of the other ways like we made vegan bacon at a coconut flakes or something mm-hmm. at a tempeh at a soy at a seitan make it at all sorts of stuff and 
conversations wise, you're saying, has there been like any awkward conversations? I love talking about veganism. And, <laughs> like I would have never guessed. And then <laughs> most things, most things people say, people make like a lot of the same excuses. They're like, oh, well, why do we have canines? And then they'll say like things like, oh, but I love eating meat or something. People say that a lot. So we got these like responses that as soon as they say that, we're like this or that. And we come back at them with good information. And then they're like, on a, they're like, oh, well, you're right about that. And then a whole nother different topic. <laughs> they feel guilty or something. They don't want to hear right. what's happening. Right. It becomes, like might make them feel bad because they don't want to know what they're contributing to. They just want to eat, and that's all they think about. But if mm-hmm. there's people's lives at stake, it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you had any, you feel like any friends or close family have gone vegan because of conversations you've had with them? Like, what are your success stories? I bet you have a lot. What, uh, so I was homeschooled for mm-hmm. five years after kindergarten but when I was in kindergarten my best friend in kindergarten uh Riley I was telling him about like the vegan stuff and all that stuff and he said someday he wants to go vegan or at least vegetarian Mm -hmm. and uh when it was his birthday his mom made vegan cookies and brought them so I could have them too and then like that same year him his sister and his mom all went vegan. So their whole family went vegan. So that's pretty cool. That that gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah, it makes you feel like things you say, people are listening. Mm-hmm. What about grandma? What about grandma? Yeah. So first with my grandma, she was a pesco-lacto-ovo-vegetarian like me. So she went vegetarian like a year after my mom, but she she still ate fish and she would like cook animals for other people. Mm. Now she would never do that. But first off, she would eat fish. And once I went vegan or once I stopped eating fish, I tried explaining to her that, oh, we save bugs. Like whenever there'd be a bug in the house, she'd have me all bug emergency and she'd come with the cup and get them and put them outside. And if it was too cold outside, she'd put them up in a corner <laughs> so they would survive. Or up at, when they were up in New York, when we go up in New York, sometimes it'd be real cold outside and she'd put them in the heater room. <laughs> so, it, yeah, the spiders would always go it. in the boiler room. But I was saying to her, Grandma, you're saving all these bugs, but these fish are there and they want to live just like the bugs. So why are you still eating them? And I kept asking her that for like a month and eventually she stopped eating them. And then like a year after me and her went vegan, she went vegan too. And then my grandpa also went like basically 100% plant-based. The only thing is, is sometimes he's out and he doesn't like think to check if something's vegan. Yeah, he's like 100% vegan. Yeah, we've had he I think it hasn't happened in quite a while, but probably like five years ago or so, we'd have him come 
back and say, oh, you guys will be so proud of me. All I had was key lime pie. <laughs> like, key lime pie is not vegan. And he's like, what do you mean? You just made key lime pie. And we're like, yeah, we made it out of cashews. <laughs> You're like, this isn't how the world works normally. <laughs> yep. So he's he just wasn't as conscious as us, but he's really come around and now he really is proud of it. He, he, wears-, he wears a vegan hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh another family member of ours who i forgot to mention went vegan Mm -hmm. and that is our dog earl (laughs) vegan dog yeah he's grandma and grandpa's rescued pit bull that evan and i were trying to rehome about two and a half or three years ago and evan had been invited to speak in north carolina and then in Hawaii, and we still hadn't rehomed him for either one of those trips. And we were able to find a vegan friend to watch him while we went to North Carolina. But when it came time to go to Hawaii, we couldn't find anyone. And we basically had to beg my parents who at the time lived like five minutes from us to please, please watch him. And they were terrified of pit bulls. They had believed a lot of the, yeah. And, um, They also had a puppy before I was born who had been attacked by a fireman's pit bull who jumped out of a two-story window, dug under the kennel and gotten her. So that reaffirmed everything that they had thought. Yeah. And it really took some convincing, but they finally reluctantly agreed to watch him. And by the time we got back from Hawaii, that was it. They were in love (laughs) and he's been with them ever since, but. Evan says he's his little brother. <laughs> and then Wes is vegan too. He went vegan like overnight. Yeah. That, yep. that was awesome. Yeah. And Wes is um, my boyfriend and he did. It was really impressive. He came to visit a sanctuary that we were taking care of mm-hmm. and met the animals. And he had some concerns and doubts but vegan Evan was able to get rid of all of them. And then we cooked for several days in a row and he helped us care for the animals. And uh, that was it. Vegan activist overnight. So yeah, that's another one. Yeah. A few of his concerns, just like to say a few concerns, a lot of people have. Yeah. Omega three, as he was saying that everyone thinks you can only get from fish. You can get from seaweed. You can get it from the algae is where the algae, fish get algae. it from. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Get it from the algae. You can get it from flaxseed, all kinds flax seed. of plant-based sources. All sorts of stuff. And then another thing, people are like, "Oh, B12." Mm-hmm. Now, B12. A lot of people think it's naturally like in the animals. Only reason it ever be in an animal is because the animals humans eat, they usually eat like plants that probably have right. a little bit of dirt on them. And in the dirt, there's usually B12. But they actually have to, a lot of the time, inject the animals with B12 because there's not enough anyways. But so at that point, what we do is like, just to make sure we get enough, we mm-hmm. take it. Right, but that's not even like really required because 
there's nutritional yeast, which we use in a lot of cooking, and that has B12 in it. There's all sorts of other ways to get B12, and people just, oh, you can only get B12 from animals, and that's not true. Yeah, the spirulina has B12. If people, um, lentine, they found out not Mm. too long ago, has B12, which is also called duckweed, and certain seaweeds and sea moss have B12. But yeah, we like our, we love our nutritional yeast, which a lot Uh, of people provide. But everybody, whether they're eating plant-based or not, there's B12 deficiencies across the board. And it's because we've depleted the soil and we use too many fertilizers and pesticides. So even when there might be some, we end up washing it off. So it's just a good idea to take a precaution. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing wrong with making sure you're getting your nutrients, right? We, um, I think that you nailed it, Evan, too, that that's often an excuse people come up with. It's funny when you uh, tell someone you're vegan or talk to them about it and suddenly they become a nutritionalist. (laughs) They're like, well, what about protein? And what about this? And what about that? And then they can't actually answer the questions like, well, where do you, well, how much protein was in your chicken sandwich or something? And they're like, I I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm talking about protein. That's my favorite thing to tell people about. Tell me, tell me some stuff about protein. So all protein comes from plants and plants synthesize amino acids that they get from oxygen, from water, from soil. They take it and they synthesize those amino acids into protein through photosynthesis. So all protein comes from the sun and from the ground and from water and from the air and from plants. Mm -hmm. And none of those make you eat animals so (laughs) (laughs) none of those things require you to eat animals yeah this podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry empower vegans and reduce plastic waste in the world they put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive vegan compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at terraseed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. This podcast is supported by She Thinks. Thinks are washable, reusable period underwear. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. Every pair of Thinks is made with their signature innovative technology for the ultimate period protection. Their breathable products are safely made with cotton, nylon, and elastin for a little stretch. I am seriously obsessed with my Thinks underwear. They have changed my periods. Try them yourself or get someone the best gift ever with a sweet little discount code. Go to shethinks.com carly for $10 off your order today. Again, that's shethinks.com forward slash C-A-R-L-Y for $10 off your order. Try Thinks today. 
<laughs> I was looking at your website earlier and I loved, there's a line here about how um, you want to see them make people see animals for who they are, right? Like giving a, a voice to that and also doing it. So, you know, do reaching people in different ways that was mentioned on there. Um, what are some of those different ways? Like some people respond to like hard truth and other people that is like really scary. So well, like, what do you do to make sure you're meeting people where they're at so they don't get well, overwhelmed? We do like all sorts of stuff because we have to do everything because everyone is reached in a different way. So we got to do every way so everyone gets reached. Mm -hmm. So some people are reached by like the more hardcore stuff. Like, for example, my favorite type of activism, a disruption, which is where like we go in with megaphones and like sirens and then we hold up signs and we do speak out and we walk around and we walk out. And that's happened before. And a lot of people would think, oh, people would get mad if we do that. Mm -hmm. But we had people like come out and say, oh, I'm so glad you did that. We're going to research it now. And like, that was very brave to do that and that they're going to go vegan. So that's really cool. But some people will see us just like standing up for animals. Like we can protest and hold up signs or social media we can like do vigils which is where we see like the truck of animals come in i've said lake like 30 times now <laughs> um <laughs> the trucks of animals go by and we take pictures and videos of the animals and then people see that and they're like oh those animals want to live a lot of people we can do petitions to make bad stuff illegal and then even if you're doing the petitions and people don't know about it they'll become curious by seeing that you're doing a petition for it and maybe they'll think it matters because oh people are going out of their way even just to create petitions for it and then there's leafleting there's all sorts of things yeah we like to chaw chaw like to give food away yeah that that's a great one yeah that's a very positive one people some people aren't reached by like the disruptions right but some people are reached by free food and they're like oh where was this food made oh no animals were harmed so that's cool yeah yeah I think that's a really important point because when um I don't know what your experience was but when I first went vegan I definitely hit the stereotype of going through that like angry vegan phase um, and not that I'm still not an angry vegan, I'm pretty angry at things happening, but that, that phase where I feel like I was not reaching people in a very helpful way and, and using shame and guilt, I think I just, I was like, I get it. Why doesn't everybody else get it? And it took me a while to realize that's not how a lot of people are going to hear it. And that's hard because you just want to scream. It is really hard. I, every day I'm like, how is this really happening? It's 2022. We have so many amazing abilities and capabilities as human beings, so much technology, and we're doing the most horrendous things to the most innocent and vulnerable beings that we share the planet with. And then in turn, it destroys our health and it's destroying the planet that we all share. So if we're so smart and so capable, 
what is going on here? It's really just baffling. And like you said, when you get it, you get it. And then you expect that at least your close friends and yes. family members who you know are good people are going to yes. be like, oh my gosh, as soon as you give them the information, I want to do this too. But that's not the case most of the time. I've had my best friend since I was five has now blocked me on everything. She's even blocked Evan's pages, which is just so weird to me. And it was because I, I asked her to watch what the health. And I asked her a month or two later, did you watch it yet? Asked her another month or two later, did you watch it yet? And I felt like she wasn't taking it seriously. So I wrote her and her husband a message. And I said, you know, if our parents had the information that's available to us when we were under five years old, and part of that information was that like, we, we might not have made it to see retirement age unless they like cared and tried to help make changes. How would you feel if they didn't do it? Because yeah. our kids are young. She has two children. And so I thought maybe that would get her to at least watch this hour and a half documentary and she's in the health field. So, um, they didn't receive that message well. <laughs> and that was that. And then my other best friend, since I was eight, she still talks to me, but she had tried to go vegan. Her husband, who was her fiance at the time, was not willing to try anything she was cooking. And I think she kind of just felt a little ostracized and mm. very quickly went back to the standard American diet. But at that point, she had knowledge. So I think her guilty conscience makes her not want to speak to me as often because since then I don't hear from her as much. And so that's upsetting too. And I, I know she's a good person mm -hmm. and it's so sad because now she's got a little baby and I know how much she loves her baby. And so even if it's, even if people don't love animals as much as Evan and I do, and they don't care so much about what's happening to them, I know there's things that they care about that are being so deeply affected by this as well. And it's just unfortunate that they're going against the things they care about. Yeah, absolutely. I had a guest on last month and we just talked about how there is not a cause you care about that isn't connected or touched by the animal agriculture industry. Like there isn't a thing to care about that isn't somehow connected. Absolutely. And that's really, that's really hard. I fortunately on the other end of the spectrum had my best friend from growing up since we were eight. Um, she was vegan in late elementary, middle school age and we're in like northern northern Minnesota so that's not common especially 20 something years ago um and I grew up hunting and fishing that was my life up here that's all I knew and I remember her being so I mean we're still best friends we still talk every week and she was so patient with me and so understanding of that I was on my own journey and when I'm frustrated with others I think of her and how she could stay my best friend for so long after probably in her head, just being like, come on, Carly, I know you get it. You're avoiding it. And if she can be my best friend for 20 years, as she patiently waited, I, it gives me a reminder that I have to sometimes just let people have that, that space. 
but it's really hard. It is tough. Do you have um, other youth, Evan, that you are active with, that you like have a, a group of people that you do protests with or do um, speak outs or some of the things you were naming? There's a lot more than I can name. Yeah. Which is a good thing to have, right? There's too many vegans to name. Yeah. yeah. Evan's got vegan friends all over the country and some that are in Canada and the UK and yeah. even Italy. But we would see them more regularly prior to the pandemic. We do have some in Florida that we still see pretty often. Yeah, and Caden, Ian, yep. those guys we see pretty often. We're going to see some of them this weekend. We have a two-day um, activism mini tour with animal activism mentorship that's called the Tampa Turnout. So starting Friday night, Vegian will be staying here and Serenity will be here. And we'll probably see Caden and then we're going to Chicago in the summer and we know Westwind's going to be there and we'll see. Yeah. So it's, it's nice that we do get to see the same kids over and over. And then when we don't see them, you get to play video game. You were playing video games with Veggie in the other night, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really fun. I saw that you're the president of something of a something what are you what are you what are you the president of Evan I was the president of Animal Hero Kids but now I am one of the co-presidents okay like part of the Animal Hero Kids group but what is that group about that group well it's Animal Hero Kids so kids being heroes to animals in all sorts of different ways and like a lot of the times we hear stories and they have a book with all sorts of stories and there's recipes in there of like people helping animals like I think one of them there was this dog that was this guy's dog and he was abusing the dog I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. and the dog got the dog tried to run away and got stuck in a drain and they got to help the dog. It was something along those lines. <laughs> and they got to help the dog. So, like, and then they became, like, part Animal Hero Kids because of that. And oh, wow. around with them. And Animal Hero Kids, they're trying to get one Animal Hero Kids book in every school library. And they go around to all sorts of different schools. And they read parts of the book to them. So, that's cool. So, what do you do when you are not saving the world and trying to make people go vegan? Or uh, I know that you are an active 11 year old in what you're doing, but what are the things you do to have fun and uh, kind of take a break from that? I love like going to the school I go to Mm -hmm. because I get to see my friends and it's a plant-based school and I'm able to tell them all about like vegan stuff. So I, I, really enjoy going to school every day and then I come home and we do stuff sometimes you go to events and we do stuff for the animals and then a lot of the times I play games I like uh skateboarding as well uh our friend Cubby 
who is also working at that same plant-based school. Mm -hmm. I go skateboarding with him sometimes, and he's teaching me how to skateboard. I think I'm going to learn how to do an ollie soon. I'm excited. I've always wanted someone to teach me how to skateboard, but I want to do it where no one else can see me. I want like a one-on-one session in private so no one has to see me fall off. The first few times, because like the one time I've been on a skateboard, I ended up running into a wall. It didn't work out well. So I'm a little nervous. Maybe someday you can teach me how to ride a skateboard. That would be very helpful. Maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe. Someday. So you're in, you're in Florida, right? I was just going to say, I'm down in Florida. Where are you? I'm way up in Minnesota, like 40 oh, minutes from Canada. That. That's right. Yeah. And Canada. Yeah, I'm way up there. So, but I, my dad lives in Florida, so I'm down there at least once a year. Oh, and cool. we'll get to see you sometime. That would be great. Cause, um, Alexis who connected us, um, has been having some art shows and stuff down there too. And there's quite a few vegan, like amazing vegan people down there. I just feel like I want to go down to Florida and like do a circle tour. Yeah, Alexis is awesome. We just saw her at Central Florida Earth Day. Oh, yeah. She was volunteering too. She helped set up the night before with us. She's awesome. Yeah, she does she, so much with the college. and Yeah, she yeah. was really fun to interview as well. I would love to, you're in Tampa? Tampa area. Yeah. Yep, I would love to come someday and like have some vegan food. Show me your favorite spot. I also would love, to visit a sanctuary down there yeah we love going to sanctuaries how Every, many sanctuaries have you been to i've been to over 30 and i think you've been to almost 30 i went to a couple been, without you i've been to at least one or two without you oh that's true so maybe maybe you're right with me i've never been to an animal sanctuary really? oh my goodness i know so, one of the things because Evan has been exposed to so many sad experiences, which, you know, when we, I I don't know how many times now he's been to the largest slaughterhouse in the world, which is in Tar Heel, North Carolina, and so many other farms and slaughterhouses. He's been to the largest pig farm in the United States, which is in Milford, Utah. He stormed factory farms that supply to Whole Foods and Amazon. And whenever we see really sad things happening to animals, and it's especially upsetting because we know that the majority of the time we're not going to be able to help them and they are going to be killed within probably 24 hours most of the time. Uh, we always try to follow that up with a sanctuary. So that's part yeah. of the reason we've been to so many. I just so wanted many. to say you were talking about Tar Heel, North Carolina. It's really sad. Like, if I go on like the phone and I go to maps and I put it on satellite, when I go to Tar Heel, I can just like move a tiny bit and you see a farm and then there's a chicken or a turkey farm and then there's a big feedlot for the cows and you see all these rows of these metal sheds and then you see these big pools of their pee and their feces and it, it's just, it's disgusting. The residents near Tar Heel, near that area, they literally have through the sprinklers they spray all the feces of the animals and it gets on like their doors and their windows and they go outside 
and there's just like poop in the air and they're constantly getting sick and it's polluting the water and it's really really sad for these people because they didn't do anything wrong maybe that's the only area they can live in and also for a lot of the workers they yeah sometimes it's the only job they can get and it's the only one in the area that like is hiring people mm-hmm. that's that's what we were talking about earlier right that there's like no issue that isn't intersected with animal agriculture and veganism because it's it's workers rights it's pollution it's um it's a class issue in terms of like where people can live it's all of it and that's that's the thing that makes me want to scream the most I think sometimes when talking to people is just like I I, sometimes I want to be like what are you what do you care about let me tell you how it's related yep you know, that's really hard. So Evan, how is that ever hard for you? Like, I mean, I'm sure I know it's hard, but how does that affect you when you see those, those sadder moments in activism? Well, when I see like the animals and I see stuff like that, I don't really like, it really upsets me, but I don't really like get like upset or cry because I know that I'm seeing this because I want to see this and I want to be able to know when I'm saying that animals are dying I want to be able to know from personal experience I want to be able to see these animals and see what's happening to them and like when you stand near the road by the slaughterhouse you can hear the pigs in the gas chambers where they get with the carbon dioxide burn from the inside out Yep. And you can hear them screaming. And like when I'm telling people, oh, all these thousands of pigs and all these thousands of animals are dying like every minute. Yeah. That it's really happening. And it really is. And you can and you can then say, I've seen it. Yeah. I have been there and that and that's important to you. A lot of time when people like watch a documentary or something they're like oh that's probably true but then you don't know if those are like accredited doctors Mm. all real facts but once you've actually seen it you can say that you're certain that it's really happening and you can say real facts knowing that they're true Mm -hmm. yeah I really commend you for being willing to do that because I I struggle with that as an adult activist who's vegan and wants everyone, you know, wants everyone to listen to that message. I struggle with um, being able to see some of the harder stuff. That is, that is hard uh, for me. I have some, some trauma stuff in my own background and I struggle with that. So I am so impressed with your ability to say, yeah, this is, this is really bad, but it's important for me to know the truth. Yeah. I, what were you going to say something? Well, I think you handle it better than mommy and a lot of our adult friends. I was going to say Grandma Lynn, the one time she did the VR 360 thing. Oh yeah. Pig slot or a pig farm. When she took it off, all, all the tears just came out and it like, yeah, but we're really sure. proud of grandma because since then, since then she's been she went to Farmer John's uh, near LA with us mm-hmm. and she bore witness to the pigs there. And I think I think one of the reasons that Evan can handle it so much better than uh, 
a lot of the adults, including myself, is maybe because he doesn't harbor any guilt. As soon as he truly understood what was happening, he stopped immediately. And I mean, he's been vegan now more than half his life. And so I feel pretty good about, you know, when I was nine, my cousin, she showed me a video. That was it. I never ate another animal again. I feel really sad that I participated in the dairy and egg industries for another 19 years, but I genuinely didn't know. And again, once I knew I did stop, Mm -hmm. um, but I still have a really hard time because I did do a lot of really weird things as a vegetarian. I would not often, but there were occasions where I did cook animals Mm -hmm. for people on holidays and I would continue to wear leather if I didn't buy it myself. I remember getting a BMW before Evan was born and I thought the leather was cool. Just really weird things that do make me feel guilty. But I know like we're doing the best we can and whether we're seeing it or not, it's happening. And so many people think these situations are fake or isolated and that they don't happen often. So if we can be there and we could show people like this is happening right now to these animals, it's not just one clip of footage. It's every single second of every single day. And, um, Evan also, another thing when we're at the vigils, I usually document the whole time, but whenever he has the opportunity, he is giving love and water to the animals and he's super strong. I've seen him and other kids just be pumping the um, water sprayers and they just do the best they can to comfort the ones that they have the ability to. And so very proud. Absolutely. I, I'm just, I just met you, Evan. And I'm just like, I, you're giving me hope for the future truly, because not that it's on your shoulders. Um, but it is so inspiring to see those conversations be more and more present among younger people, because my vegan friend from when we were, you know, nine years old, she was the one she was like, I went to a small school. She was like the vegan, (laughs) like that was it. Nobody understood or, you know, and that was again, only like 20 something years ago. And that feels, even though there's so much to do. And even though we still have, we're running out of time, there's no way around that. Um, there is still, we have to hold on to some hope and this talking to you has definitely given me that. So thank you for all that you do in your strength, because Oh yeah, I am impressed. You do too with this podcast. It's really awesome. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate that. I uh pandemic hit and I thought, yeah, I should I Google how to start a podcast. Let's see what happens. And here we are, two years later. That's great. Yeah, that we we went crazy when the pandemic happened because we couldn't do the activism we were used to doing. And like you just said, we're running out of time. So we're like, oh, my goodness. And then on top of that, this pandemic is a zoonotic disease caused by our use and exploitation of animals. And now we're stuck in the house and can't even tell people. And so um, that's kind of how animal activism mentorship was born. We were uh, all Mm. going crazy trying to figure out what can we do. I, 
I would love, I would love to get you into small town Grand Marais, Minnesota to be spreading this message someday. If you ever are touring through the, the North Woods, that would be amazing because um, I think it is, it's also a conversation that happens more in different places, right? Like in bigger cities where there's more information and more access to things and being in rural areas is, is hard. To, or to find events or to find ways to even get involved or community. Definitely. Well, Carly, you can join Animal Activism Mentorship if you'd like. You can go to theanimalsneedyou.com and we try to help find community if there is any. And if there's not, then we help you get it started. I will but definitely yeah. be talking to you more about that. Minnesota is one place we've never been and we would love to go at some point. Come in like unless you love winter, <laughs> although I'm guessing not so much if you live in Florida, but honestly, I do not like the heat. I, I love Florida. Mm -hmm. I love where we are, but I don't like the heat at all. I love like snow. I love when we went up to New York city mm. and blow snow everywhere. For some reason, everyone just seemed like so happy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I, I just like the cold. Like I don't get cold very easily. The cold also just like makes me tired. So like, <laughs> when I, when I want to go to sleep, but I'm not like that tired, I have my fan over there and I sleep with my fan it helps me get good sleep. But I agree with that. I have to have a fan to sleep. So if you like the cold, then come visit me because I've still got snow at my house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> still? Oh yeah. It's a really, really uh, late starting spring up here. Everyone's starting to lose their minds a little bit. Um, <laughs> we actually might break a record for how much snow we still have on May. What are we at now? May 3rd. It's, <laughs> which is uh, not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's enough yeah. enough's enough <laughs> um but yeah it is a beautiful place it would be it would be lovely to connect more thanks for listening to another episode of consciously clueless if you enjoyed this episode hit subscribe wherever you're listening if that's somewhere like apple podcast leave a review and you could be read on air as the review of the week Looking for more podcast content, yoga videos, meditations, and all-around amazing community? Head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out what's going on. And finally, if you are ready to make changes in your life but don't really know where to begin, let's work together. Head over to consciouslycarly.com and we can start the process and get you happy. Until next time.